0: Welcome to A Little Louder Now, a podcast produced by The Bridge Initiative, an FI 360 project. My name is Alex, and today I'd like to welcome my colleague for the podcast, Tara. Hello. This is a This Month in Women's History podcast episode, and we are in September. Today we're talking about... Billie Jean King.
1: So excited about this one. hmm I want to talk about a moment in history that means so much to the women's movement. This was, this was a big one.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So for, for those of you that don't know, um, Billie Jean, she's, she's so inspirational. She did so much to drive the movement for, for gender parity both on and off the tennis court. But the thing she's probably remembered most for is her iconic tennis match with Bobby Riggs. September 20th, 1973, and that is, of course, the reason we're having our discussion about Billie Jean in September. So we're going to get into that one. I know you, you, Tara, are really excited to talk about
1: that one. (laughs) So many opinions.
0: Yes. uh, But we're going to get to that a little bit later. So for now, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about um, Billie Jean before she was famous?
1: Of course. So uh, Billie Jean was born on November 22nd, 1943, in Long Beach, California, Um, and her family was just... Thoroughly gifted. Uh, her mother was a swimmer. Her father played basketball, baseball, and ran track. Her brother, Randy Moffitt, pitched for 12 years in the um, Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, Billie Jean herself shined in baseball and softball before switching to tennis at the age of 11. So she was just an athlete through and through. She picked up tennis because her parents wanted her to play a more ladylike sport.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. For those of you not in the room, uh, there were air quotes involved there.
1: Yes, major air quotes. <laughs> um, she learned tennis on the free courts in Long Beach where free lessons were available from tennis uh, professional Clyde Walker. Um, so one of the tennis courts on Long Beach is now named the Billie Jean Moffitt King Tennis Center. So she's certainly somebody who's been um, revered in her in her hometown. She saved her own money to buy her first tennis racket, which was uh, a substantial fund of $8. Yes. Uh, and she said after her first lesson, she knew what she wanted to do with her life. That's amazing. Yeah, it's to just, have that kind of focus. Is, and that young is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. She, even when she was young, I mean, she was known for her aggressive style of playing. And she had that. I thought it was really interesting that she was known for that since she was really young. hmm and, um, I read some articles that it, it, that aggressive style of playing really hindered her, um, her, her playing in the tournaments. And I was curious about why I couldn't find any, you know, stats or anything about, um, you know, if that was because like she was losing, mm-hmm. I personally kind of think that it's a little bit more her, um, like personality yeah. that kind of hindered her a mm-hmm. little bit. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really interesting that it she had that throughout her whole entire career and she never changed that style based off of other people's wants or desires. Yeah,
1: well, and I just just today was watching and the interview, the interview with Serena Williams mm, yes. um, about her um, at the U.S. Open, getting into the fight with the with the. Um, the chair umpire. I'm so terrible at tennis. Are they umpires? Um, (laughs) yes. And, um, it just, if I find it very interesting that even still Serena was sort of being chastised for being aggressive, aggressively defending herself on Mm -hmm. the court when the umpire should have been a little bit clearer about why he called her out the way that he did um, and Billie Jean King actually came to her defense and said, you know, yes, she should maybe have, like, cooled off a little bit, but he was wrong. And here's why he was wrong. And so it's still, you know, women being emotional and aggressive, even on the tennis court, is still called out yeah. and made a point as part of a press conference, which is kind of ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I I personally, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, I, I remember you sending me that article a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, reading it, and this, that was right after I did all the research for Billie Jean King. So I was like angrily typing.
1: Mm-hmm. Some in yeah, here. yeah. It just it just stirs up so much emotion. It yeah. does. It's... It really does.
0: But anyway, back to back to Billie Jean. Yes, uh, she left college. She she had attended Cal State LA um, to shift her focus to tennis, but not before she met her future husband Larry King in one of the libraries. Oh. Talk about a meet cute.
1: Mm adorable.
0: Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> she uh she married Mary oh, Mary She married Larry King <laughs> rather in September of 1965 when she was just 20 years old. And um and Billie Jean credits Larry King with introducing her to to feminism actually and and with pushing her to pursue her career in tennis, which I thought was really interesting mm-hmm. especially in, you know, it was 1965. So he that's a um a different opinion of a lot right. of men back
1: then. Yeah, and to be such an advocate for it right. and to actually encourage her to do it. And 20, when I think about who I, I... I do this all the time when we talk about these people. I did it with Joan of Arc. When I think about what I was doing and my mental <laughs> state when I was 20, I mean, that's a big that's a big um, burden to bear that, you know, feminism is something that you should be paying attention to, right? Like, right. in 20, we, we have... Um, great luxury and not having to worry as much about these things as I think that we we did as a as a gender in the in the 60s but yeah incredible
0: I agree so let's talk about her early career yes yes she
1: was very successful
0: very successful <laughs> uh, She be, she began competing in 1959 so this was when she was what, 15?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, she made her Grand Slam debut at the U.S. Championships and lost in the first round.
1: So- hey, but she was at the Grand Slam Championships. Let's just, let's just point that out. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. And after that, Sports Illustrated named her one of the most promising youngsters on the West Coast.
1: I love that word, youngsters.
0: Mm-hmm. No- nobody <laughs> uses that word enough anymore. No.
1: It's not youngsters anymore. <laughs>
0: Uh, 1960, she won her first tournament at the 1960 Philadelphia and District Grass Court Championships. That is a mouthful. Yes, it is. Uh, Also in 1960, Billie Jean reached the final of the National Girls 18 and Under Championships, increasing her national tennis ranking from 19 in 1959 to number four by the end of
1: 1960. That's huge. Huge. (laughs) Huge jump.
0: Yeah. She gained international recognition in 1961 when she went to Wimbledon for the first time. And I thought this was really interesting. The Long Beach tennis patrons, the Century Club, and Harold Gulver raised $2,000 to send her to Wimbledon.
1: Isn't that awesome? That's incredible. And and yet, women could not be paid if they won Wimbledon. (laughs) We can raise $2,000 to send you, but to actually pay you for your efforts, we're not going to do that. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, So I'm not, I'm not angry at all. Not bitter on behalf of Billie Jean in the least.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So in the 1961 uh, Wimbledon, uh, Billie Jean, remember she was 17 and uh, she won the women's doubles title partnering with a woman named Karen Hans Sussman. Um, Sussman was 18. So it made them the youngest pair to win the Wimbledon doubles title.
1: It's fantastic. Oh, that? that is so cool.
0: She did not, however, have as much luck with the singles title for women that year, but she did upset the world number one in top seed, Margaret Court, in 1962 in the singles tournament at Wimbledon.
1: So, sidebar. Yes. Did you know that there was a battle of the sexes? I did. Number one that involved Margaret Court yes. and Bobby Riggs right before he played Billie Jean King mm-hmm. and Margaret lost. Yes.
0: That was called the Mother's Day Massacre.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. it was ugly.
0: Yeah, I think that was one of the reasons why she, why Billie Jean rather accepted uh, Bobby Riggs's challenge.
1: We yeah, well, I think from what I understand from interviews with Billie Jean King since is that she resisted for a long time, mm-hmm. and then having watched this this uh, battle happen and Margaret get so handily defeated by Bobby it just it it was it was sort of the catalyst for Billie Jean King like we're making all these strides I have to do something I think that I can beat him I have to beat him yeah so Margaret
0: Margaret
1: at least she already knew that she could beat Margaret so that's that's
0: a step up yeah right so so uh so we went we were in 1962 when um uh, Billie Jean did not win Wimbledon in the singles tournament. But so fast forward to when she won her first Wimbledon singles title in 1966. Um, she, she went on and she captured a record number, 20 Wimbledon titles in both singles and women's doubles and mixed doubles categories. Uh, in addition, she won uh, four U.S. singles, one French singles, and the Australian title. Her Wimbledon record was tied by Martina Navratilova in 2003, uh, but she was, I mean, perhaps one of the greatest doubles players in the history of tennis, and she won 27 major titles. She, w- with her victories in 1967, she was the first woman since 1938 to sweep the U.S. and the British singles, doubles, and mixed doubles categories mm. in a single year.
1: Yeah. There's just a lot of mind-blowing stats right there. <laughs> yes. So many numbers there. Yeah. You know, and I have to say when I um when I was younger, I do remember watching Martina Navratilova play and thinking what an absolute powerhouse she was. I I never really got to see Billie Jean King play. I wasn't I wasn't old enough, but um Martina was such an incredible force on the mm-hmm. on the court as well. So to have you know, to be tied with Martina, I can just in my mind picture you know what it would take to be that successful of a ten- tennis player. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about uh, Billie Jean's other big um, accomplishment in her life. Yeah. So probably the
1: more important accomplishment I, in her I life. I think so. So
0: 1971, um, Billie Jean became the first female athlete to win $100,000 in a single year. That is not her biggest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, when she, when she won the U.S. Open in 1972, she earned $15,000 less than the man who won. And after that, she, she famously said that if the prize mo- money wasn't equal for men and women the next year, she wouldn't play. How badass is that? Yeah. Like, she knows her worth. Yes. And, you know, laid it all on the line. Her whole career on the line.
1: Yeah. The, th- the one thing that she loves the most, she's willing to sacrifice for women's equality. Mm-hmm. That's Who who can say that they'd be willing to do that? I, I just think that's a, a commitment and a sacrifice that a lot of people, when really faced with it, would be challenged.
0: Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Her, well, her speech worked. In 1973, the U.S. Open became the first major tournament to offer equal prize money for men and women. Um, this, you know, she started this fight in 1972 and it, it took 35 years for the last of those big four tournaments, um, which was Wimbledon to make equal prize money for men and women possible. That, that didn't happen until 2007. (laughs) It's crazy.
1: And we wonder why we have this podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) People ask us why. Yeah. That's why. (laughs) Um, let's just talk about that for a minute. (laughs) No, that's Unbelievable. And Wimbledon is uh, like one of the best known. Mm-hmm. I think the U.S. Open is very well known, but I think that Wimbledon is probably one that everybody points to and says that's sort of like the "quote unquote" Super Bowl of tennis. Yeah. And they were the last, the last holdout on. I'm I'm getting up to speed here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 So in
0: 1973, so she she did that in 1972, and then in 1973 she founded the the Women's Tennis Organization, and became its first president. She also, in 1973, became the first president of the Women's Players Union, um, which is, I think, now called the Women's Tennis Association. Mm -hmm. She she also led player efforts to support the first professional women's tennis tour, and she worked tirelessly to support and promote it. Uh, also in 1974, Billie Jean and Larry King founded Women's Sports Magazine and started the Women's Sports Foundation, which which is an organization dedicated to promoting and enhancing athletic opportunities for females, and they also formed World Team Tennis. In 1982, uh, Billie Jean became league commissioner and major owner in 1984. Um... Billie Jean is also a member of the Board of Honorary Trustees for the Sports Museum of America, where the Billie Jean King International Women's Sports Center lives, which um, that center is a comprehensive Women's Sports Hall of Fame and exhibit.
1: Yeah, she embodies literally everything that she, you know, she she walks the walk. Yes, She puts her money to work. She um, is dedicated to... Women's equality. It's just it's really fantastic to see somebody not just talk about um, feminism and how to empower women, but to create tools and resources for women to actually you know become equals uh, in in her sport. I did I did read that um, one of the first times that women in tennis were played, Billie Jean was part of like a, a group of nine women, and they agreed to a one dollar contract. So they each were paid $1, and that was the first time that I believe that women were paid for actually playing yep. tennis. Yep. And all they wanted to do was to be able to make a living. Like, this is the work that they they want to do, and they wanted to be able to make a living off of it, just mm-hmm. like their male counterparts. And they knew that if they started somewhere with, at least were getting paid, yep. that they could just chip away and, and keep working towards what they really wanted, which is equality.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of equality.
1: Yeah, let's get there.
0: Let's do this. <laughs> battle of sexes. Woo! Tell, tell, tell me everything about the battle of sexes.
1: All right. So um, one thing I'd like to say, because I know that um, just recently we had the uh, history of the women's rights movement. I know you mm-hmm. and Kelly and Sarah talked about Title IX. Um, and one of the things I want to point out is that just the year before the battle of the sexes, Title IX was passed. So this this idea was all so super new. Um, On September 20th, 1973, Billie Jean King played against Bobby Riggs in the Houston Astrodome in the famous Battle of the Sexes. Mm -hmm. So Riggs had previously challenged Billie Jean to a match, which she had declined, and I think that she had declined several times. But after he massacred Margaret Court, as we talked about, on Mother's Day 1973, Billie Jean accepted his challenge, saying, quote, I thought it would set us back 50 years if I didn't win that match. It would ruin the women's tour and affect all women's self-esteem, end quote. No pressure. No pressure at all. He's already won a battle of the sexes. You've got the entire women's movement resting on your shoulders.
0: I couldn't imagine the amount of pressure that she was under. I mean, she really knew what this was actually about. You know, it wasn't wasn't just a, a match of tennis. It was was really about social change and, um, you know, winning the the hearts and the minds of men and women to, to, to promote gender equality.
1: Right. Right. And just kind of like stick a sock in it, Bobby. Like, I mean, any interview that you watch of him leading up to the tournament or to the game, he's just running his mouth and she sits there and, and just smiles and laughs and just kind of, like, blows him off and just keeps saying, you know, if you keep talking all this trash, you're really going to look like a fool when I beat you. I mean, that kind of calm... I mean, that... So there are lots of things there, right? Like, it's it's this woman who is at 29 against a 50-year-old counterpart. And by the way, Bobby Riggs was no slouch. I mean, no. at the age of, like, 19, he was demolishing players on on the tennis court. So it's not like he was, you know... Uh, an average tennis player. He was really successful and she knew that. So to to just sit there with the kind of resolve that it takes just as a woman alone, but then as an athlete to have that kind of swagger and confidence in your abilities is, it's, I think it's just really telling and was super inspiring for so many women at this time to see a woman like not back down and just kind of not get aggressive with him, Mm -hmm. let him do his thing. But then clearly not be ruffled by it. I just, right. even today, I think it's just really interesting to watch her banter with him and, and be completely calm about it.
0: Yeah, her, her poise in all of those interviews, like the press conferences uh, that were televised, I, I watched a few of them, and that would, that takes some core of steel yeah. to do. Some, yeah. Some uh, grace and poise that I just, I don't, think many people possess.
1: Right. I would love to know what she was like right before, oh, right yeah. after. I have not watched the movie that Emma Stone stars in. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I haven't gotten to that. I have made that a priority. Um, <laughs> but I am curious, you know, what what she was really feeling and thinking leading up to it. And like, did she have to get pumped up or did she really just believe it?
0: I think I, I watched an interview with her and she... Mentioned that both of them were nervous and she could see it in his eyes that he was nervous. Um, she was nervous and he, like he, she said that she could see it in his eyes that he wanted to win. Yeah. And he, he wanted to beat her. Um, but, you know, obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and she be, she beat him. Um, so I,
1: I, I did hear that afterwards he said something to his son that he had made an enormous mistake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, you know, I I also have been, you know, just as we lead up to this recording, I've been watching a lot of interviews. And um, most of the interviews that are available online are more recent with Billie Jean King. But she mm-hmm. did talk about how she was friendly with him yeah. throughout her life up until the very end. she said she spoke to him the day before and that he acknowledged together that they did something really special. Um, so, you know, we were talking prior to kind of hitting record on this. Like, you know, was this... Was this a character that he was playing for media and for attention? Because obviously he really enjoyed attention. That was something mm-hmm. that was, you know, kind of kind of his uh, trademark. But how much of that really was him to his core? Right. Um, I'm sure that he really wanted to beat her. I'm sure that he did believe that man, men were superior in athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, you know, I do believe in change. I do believe that people can learn and um, maybe... Maybe this really affected him pretty deeply.
0: That would be amazing,
1: would it be? Yeah. <laughs> if
0: only we knew.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Billie Jean seemed to think that he he got it. Um, so, I mean, it, so we uh, can go off.
0: I, I would imagine that he would have to, because why else would she be friends with him? I mean, he was yeah. he was um, you know her idol. You know she right. she looked up to him um, as a, as a role model in the tennis world and on the tennis court um, before. Before, so mm-hmm. if she stayed friends with him after, you would think that you know at least something changed that day, right?
1: I would so, have to think so. Yeah. yeah. So um, moving on, just a little bit deeper into the Battle of the Sexes, um, the match set a record for the largest tennis audience and the largest purse awarded at that time. Um, I believe I, I think that we had put the numbers in here. I think
0: it was one hundred thousand um, dollars. Yes,
1: and I think it was about fifty million people watched yeah. the the match, which is enormous. Um, Billie Jean was, (laughs) (laughs)
0: sorry, I I (laughs) had to include this, you know I had to.
1: (laughs) So if you have never seen the pictures of these or the video of these two coming onto the court, do yourself a favor, go check it out. So Billie Jean was carried onto the court like Cleopatra in a gold litter held aloft by four muscular men dressed as ancient (laughs) slaves. Like, who came up with that idea? There, It cannot be Billy Jean. Billie Jean could not have been like, this is how I want to come in.
0: I, I imagine her being so uncomfortable with that. I mean, in the in the video, she's kind of, like, waving a little yeah. bit. But, yeah, I, I can't imagine that she was.
1: No, I feel like she person. probably feels like this was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, how, what else are you supposed to do but smile and wave and yeah. laugh about this ludicrous entrance? Yeah. Um, but it doesn't end there. No, because, no. uh, Riggs was also wheeled in on a rickshaw pulled by, quote, sexy models in tight outfits mm-hmm. who were called Bobby's Bosom Buddies.
0: Oh, of course they were. Uh, puke. They had, they had the t-shirts.
1: Ugh. It was- I'm surprised they were wearing t-shirts. I mean, come on. So anyway, yeah, there's just, uh, I, I am curious if that was like. The tennis league's idea or Bobby's idea. It kind of feels like, like a Bobby television. idea. Yeah. It just feels like a way to get people all churned up. Yeah. Um,
0: Them playing to the battle of the sexes,
1: I imagine. I suppose. Yeah. And, you know, she was sort of dominating the men who were carrying her. I don't know. I, whatever. It was silliness. Just walk into the court.
0: Complete ridiculousness. Be a
1: professional. Anyway.
0: The matches <laughs> don't do that
1: anymore. Can you uh, imagine? No. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't like I'm that. just, I'm
0: trying to picture, you know, like Serena and like Roger Federer.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. Like. yeah. Getting wheeled in. Yeah. And, <laughs> that's the thing is that like, there are so many, I mean, I bet if you asked Roger Federer if he, he would want to be wheeled in by his, you know, bosom nope. brigade, nope. he'd be like, uh, what year is it? And that's highly offensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the great news is that Billie Jean won the match 6-4, 6-3, 6-3. I mean, that is a crushing yes. win.
0: That's, that's domination.
1: That is pure domination. And she ran Riggs ragged on the court. Mm-hmm. The Lond- London Sunday Times wrote about the match that it was, quote, the drop shot and volley heard around the world, end quote. And the New York Times wrote, quote, most important perhaps for women everywhere she convinced skeptics that a female athlete can survive pressure filled situations and that men are as susceptible to nerves as women. And I have thoughts on that. Oh, please share. <laughs> I have thoughts as well. <laughs> the the closed eyes, hands raised, like yes. serenity.
0: <laughs> Lord grant me peace.
1: It is the most backhanded compliment <laughs> for such a crushing win that i can possibly imagine because it to me i'm like does this diminish her accomplishment that she's just a pure athlete that she dominated him on the court or that he was susceptible to nerves and just couldn't handle it
0: like she wasn't like like she wasn't nervous
1: exactly exactly she's carrying the
0: weight of women in the entire world on her shoulders
1: he's already won a you know a battle of the sexes right I mean, it's just he,
0: he dominated the number one women's player in
1: the world. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, the only reason that he could possibly have lost is because he, you know, became a, a withering puddle to his nerves, like women. You know, I just, you know, come on, New York Times, do better. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, anyway, the point is, she won. She slaughtered him, he knows it, the world knows it, and I think that the end of the match when she throws her racket up in the air, it was just like, we all went, yes! Yeah. Everybody who was a, a feminist or an ally to feminists, um, definitely, they, we were on the court with her that day. Yeah. So amazing.
0: She had to have felt such relief, such a yeah. a weight off of her Yeah, uh, as she was throwing it up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. she she didn't even really like celebrate. No, you know, she just kind of threw it up in the air and then grabbed her head. She just you know pumped her fist once and then like went to hug her husband.
1: Yeah, and uh, Bobby leapt over the Mm -hmm. net and like came right over and congratulated her. Yeah. So I that's yeah that's why I kind of get to this point where it's like how how much of this was a show for Mm -hmm. him and you know to get. To be, uh, to be fair, um, him challenging her was probably the best thing that could have happened for women's tennis. Oh
0: yeah, definitely.
1: So whose idea was it? It was Bobby's. Do we have to give him credit? Absolutely not. She won. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: why I like
1: you, (laughs) Kara. No, he gets no (laughs) credit. She's the one who defeated him. And, and again, like I said earlier, she could have. Uh, it could have been a much longer match, or it could have been much closer, and it wasn't. It was. It was a crushing defeat. So good for her.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about her legacy a little bit. Yeah. I mean, she's. Um. You know, we talked a little bit in the beginning about how she she did so much for gender parity in tennis, but she also did a lot in general mm-hmm. for gender parity. And um, you know, she she was just she's so much more than than just the woman who dominated. The self proclaimed air quotes male chauvinist pig mm-hmm. before a worldwide television audience, and, and and like you said, that 50 million people.
1: Yeah,
0: um, you know, above all, you know, even more than even more significant, rather than her winning 39 grand slam singles, doubles, and mixed doubles titles, she was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank DeFord, De I'm um, I apologize if I uh, I butchered (laughs) that. Um, He wrote in Sports Illustrated, uh, quote, speaking of Billie Jean, uh, she has prominently affected the way 50% of society thinks and feels about itself in the vast area of physical exercise. Moreover, like Arnold Palmer, she has made a whole sports boom because of the singular force of her presence, end quote. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's true, though, too. Yeah.
1: We wouldn't have the... Um, you know, women's soccer champions that we have without a Billie Jean King. Right, right. As one example.
0: Right. Um, the, another great that you were talking about earlier, Martina Narutilova, she she said of Billie Jean King, quote, she was a crusader fighting a battle for all of us. She was carrying the flag. It was all right to be a jock, end quote. Yep. 1975, 17 magazine, Cold readers and and realize that Billie Jean was the most admired woman in the whole world.
1: That's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, so amazing. Um, and I I um, recently recorded the Diane von Furstenberg um, piece, which I'm super excited about because I love fashion. <laughs> um, but we talked a lot also about you know, the, the movement that was happening and, and it just, it really at this point in time was infiltrating every area of culture, mm-hmm. sports, fashion, art, every place was starting to feel the, um, the movement of, uh, uh, women's rights. And it was just a really interesting, exciting time, I think, to be, um, uh, part of something so big and having, you know, little, Little micro wins, these individuals making this mark in their area of the world and having that kind of an impact where you're the most admired person in the world, but for winning a a match and being successful at your trade.
0: Right, right. After she she retired from professional tennis, uh, Billie Jean continued to work. She worked as an announcer, a coach, and she actually authored a book or two. Uh, She gave clinics and became the director of World Team Tennis, and she played on a legends tour. I would have loved to see that. Yeah. Um, she, she said that she believes it is her destiny to work for gender equality in sports, and she'll continue that until it's achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, she said in an ESPN article, quote, In the 70s, we had to make it acceptable for people to accept girls and women as athletes. We had to make it okay for them to be active. And those were much scarier times for
1: females in sports, yeah. end quote. This goes back to her being too aggressive, to play on, the the tennis circuit. Mm-hmm. It, what were you supposed to be? You know, how dare you? How dare you sweat? You can't sweat. You can't. You have to wear skirts. You know, and, and a minimum activity is permissible. Right. And uh, she was like, no, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: it was it was Billie Jean's crusading that Life magazine in 1990 named her as one of the 100 most important Americans of the 20th century. Not not sports finger, figures, yeah. but Americans of the 20th century. She was the only female athlete on that list, and only one of four athletes. Uh, Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson, and Muhammad Ali were the other ones.
1: Um, and let's just point out that I'm going to exclude Babe Ruth. I'm not even going to talk about him. because I mean, everybody knows how great he is yeah. and all that. But he had some serious, serious flaws. Yes. Um, but you're talking about Jackie Robinson and Muhammad Ali, who did so much for civil rights. Yes. I mean, and to have that kind of level of respect is just, uh, I mean, it just says so much. So kudos, Billy Jean. Wow. Yes. So let's, uh, let's...
0: Let's give some final thoughts Yeah, about Billie Jean.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to see if we could just talk for a minute mm-hmm. about, um, you know, kind of current state of tennis and something yeah. that uh, you and I had talked about uh, when we were preparing for this recording. And just I wanted to see, you know, how you feel about um, some comments that Billie Jean made recently about um, Serena Williams. So Serena um, is a boss.
0: <laughs> she's a,
1: the definition of a boss. Total boss. Total boss. She is a mom. She is an extraordinarily successful athlete. Um, she, you know, is a business person, obviously. She, she has endorsements that she's managing. But she's also an enormous advocate for um, equality, both with, I think, gender and race equality. Mm-hmm. And um, she has, I mean, if you want to call it, Struggling, she's been struggling recently with with tennis, um, and maybe not winning as much as she used to. The other part of it is that she is in her late 30s um, yeah. and nearing the end of her career, potentially. Um, but Billie Jean had suggested that perhaps if um, that, that Serena should just focus on tennis and just see if she can, you know, make improvements there, rather than trying to do it all. And I'm just curious, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much as we celebrate Billie Jean, and you can't be a perfect person, um, and say the right thing all the time, but mm-hmm. like, how do you react to something like that? So
0: I think that, I think that she might've been taken a little bit out of context because remember Billie Jean is this, you know, uh, she's a crusader. Yeah. And you know, as much as she, um, fought for gender parity, she has this pure love of tennis. Yeah. You know, she loved the game since she picked up a racket. And I think that maybe she was just trying to to say, like, hey, come back to your first love. Yeah. You know, um, I want to see what you can do when you're only focused on tennis. I don't think that she was necessarily saying to neglect her, you know, motherly responsibilities or duties to her family or anything like that um, or or abandon her, um, Serena's rather, her, her fight for mm-hmm. um, gender or race. I think that she was just kind of trying to say, you know, I miss the old Serena. Like, yeah. I miss that that dominating, focused, uh, focused um, intense player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, Serena is getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she's just going through a little bit of a hard time right now. I mean, everybody goes through it. You know, we all go through um, ups and downs in our lives. You mm-hmm. know, I'm sure we do. I mean, we do the same in our careers too, right? You know, not every day is perfect. Sometimes you swing and you miss. Yep. Um, and I think that Serena's just kind of going through that right now. Yeah. So I'm not giving up on Serena. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not giving up on seeing another, you know, Grand Slam title for her. But, um, you know, I, I, still, I still believe in, in, in Billie Jean. I think that she was just kind of um, maybe taking a little bit out of context in that article.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think that you can't do what Billie Jean has done. And I'm almost positive that she's been an inspiration for Serena Williams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, maybe what inspires Serena, w- one of the many inspirations for Serena, to be so hyper-dedicated to equality. Right. Um, so yeah, maybe tennis was her first love, but she's highly accomplished, yes. and she might feel like, I get to still do this, I get to still have fun, I might not be at my peak game, but I don't care, and mm-hmm. you shouldn't care either, because the thing that matters most to me is um, giving back and making sure that... Everybody has the opportunities that they deserve. um, And that's just more important to me. And I think that has to be okay. Nobody else gets to choose that for her, including Billie Jean. And I I think that you're right. I think that she was saying, you know, I know you've still got it in you. Mm -hmm. But you also have all these other things. Like you have all this celebrity weighing you down. Strip all of that away and just focus on tennis. And I bet that you are just as successful as you were 10 years ago. Right. And you know, I I just loved Serena's reaction that she was like, "The day I stop fighting for equality is the day I'm in my grave." I'm like, good for you, girl. Boss, oh,
0: babe.
1: Yeah, total boss. And I I have to imagine that Billie Jean King absolutely um, respects that and like, and supports it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, you know what? You're right. You're totally right. Yeah. You need to do what you think is important. So, but I, yeah, I don't think it diminishes. Her impact, or or what she's done, and I'm I could almost certainly say that Serena Williams still would look at her as a an inspiration, a pioneer. I mean,
0: I think so. I mean, remember we were talking before about how you know Billie Jean started this fight for gender equality in 1972, and equal prize money wasn't given to women and men in Wimbledon Wimbledon rather until 2007, and that's that was during Serena's Serena. heyday. Yep. So, yeah, um, you know, I I have to imagine that. Serena respects and admires and is and is inspired by, um, by Billie Jean, especially for what she's done for women in tennis. For sure, yeah. So,
1: yeah. Oh, Billie Jean.
0: Billie Jean. She's such an amazing person. You know, I I was watching a TED talk with her earlier, and just hearing her talk about the way that she lives her life and the way that she has has thought about her impact in, in the way that she is going to leave this world a better place. It's just so inspiring. Yeah. And it's, it's so motivating for me to leave my small mark on, um, on the movement and, and on the world in general.
1: Yeah. I completely agree. She's, she's a pioneer.
0: Yeah. She's True a crusader. crusader. <laughs> yes. drinks. Yoli cup. Thank you, Tara, so much for spending um, this this time talking about uh, Billie Jean. Um, again, this is a little louder now by The Bridge Initiative. Thank you to our, our listeners for taking some time with me today to talk about the crusading, pioneer Billie Jean King. Stay tuned for more podcasts featuring great women from financial services talking about a variety of topics. If you'd like to catch up on what we've been doing, if you have questions, topic ideas, or if you'd like to join the Bridge Initiative community, you can visit fi360bridge.com to check out previous podcasts, webinars, and blog posts. You can email us at bridge at fi360.com and connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at fi360bridge. You can also support the podcast without spending a dime by leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, we want you all to get a little louder now.